0: Good job, kids. Read that word. You know, I went to um, Biola University, uh, is where I graduated from, and Biola does something kind of weird. Uh, when you graduate, they give you a Bible. And I always figured you go to the Bible Institute of Los Angeles; they should be giving you a Bible when you start, not when you finish. And it's great to see that we give Bibles to kids at the beginning not at the end. So kids, uh, read those books, and you don't have to be just in third grade to read those things. Um, But all of us need to read God's Word, put it in our hearts. Um, I'm going to take a survey this morning all right, And part of my responsibility here as your interim pastor, as you will see over the period, is to take surveys. I do all sorts of assessments, all sorts of surveys, get information from all sorts of people. But here's my survey for you today. That got loud. Okay, you scared me. Um, it's this. If you have been married 65 years or longer, if you can, would you stand up? Is that the only one? So let me ask let me ask this question. What's the secret to sixty-five years of marriage? Well, oh, okay, I gotta get closer. I can't hear because I'm going deaf. She's a good companion, yeah. And and also, as as husbands, we remember the two most important words. Yes, Yes, dear. (laughs) That'll get us a lot farther. But anyway, congratulations. Thank you for being um, a great example uh, to us. Uh, Today, we do want to talk about marriage. It's going to, some of you are going to say, well, that has nothing to do with me. I am too young to be thinking about marriage, just like Zachariah is a little too young to be thinking about dating. Um, it was a good answer that he had. It made his parents feel a whole lot better. Um, <laughs> But I want to talk about marriage today, what the scriptures have to say about the relationship between a husband and wife. And if you're thinking about marriage, this is a good thing for you to listen to. If you're thinking about what it is to follow Jesus Christ, then this is a good thing for you to listen to, for this is God's word. I want to uh, talk about the fact that marriage is both a sacred and a scandalous union. Sacred in the fact that God created it. Way back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, we read that a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It's God's design for us that men and women would come together in what we have called holy matrimony, a sacred union. But Christian marriage is also a little bit scandalous, especially back when the Christian church started in the first century. In the first century, culture um, said that women were to work and maintain the home and the family but had no say in the care of the family. There were all sorts of rules and regulations for wives and for children and for slaves, and they were all considered of the same position, wives placed with children and with slaves. And when it came to the husband, the husband was the one who went out and did a job But that was about the only rule that was set upon him, was he was supposed to go out and make a living to hopefully support his family, but his uh, responsibilities kind of uh, stopped there. There were more rules and regulations for the wives, the children, and the slaves than for the husband. But when the Christian church, when people became followers of Jesus Christ, when Christ entered their homes and into their relationships, marriage changed radically. Some would even say in, that were outside the walls of the church, that it was scandalous that you could relate to one another in such a way as those who were following Jesus. This uh, new way of looking at relationships between a husband and wife, and later on we'll see between children and parents and slaves and masters, was culture-changing. And I believe today that what was true in the first century is true today. That Christian marriage must be culture-changing. Those who call themselves followers of Jesus and have Jesus as the Lord of their home have a marital relationship that is different than the rest of the world. And so I want us to take some time today to look at God's word, to see what God's word says about how we are to live as husband. And wife. Now, I want to start in verse 15 of chapter 5. It's important for us to start there because it sets the foundation for the relationship we're going to talk about. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband." There are some things that in our culture, this scripture seems to um, not so much stand against, but causes us to be troubled. This idea of submitting to another person. Now, it's true for wives and it's true for husbands that we are to submit. Verse 21 Uh, starts this passage by saying that we are to submit to one another, submit to one another. That is saying that we look out for the other person more than we look out for ourselves. We are to submit to the other one out of reverence for Christ. Christ. The reason I submit to you as my brothers and sisters is because of Jesus. The reason you are to submit to one another is because of Jesus. Paul goes on and says, wives, to your own husbands. Now notice I have left out the word submit That's because in our best manuscripts of the New Testament, that word submit is not there. The verb for that phrase comes out of verse 21. It sets a whole different parameter. It says that we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and Wives, do that to your husbands. But as to the Lord, it's echoing what was just said in verse 21. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that the husband is the savior of the wife. It's talking about Jesus. Our relationship with one another, we will see over and over in this passage, is, finds its foundation in the person of Jesus Christ and the work that Jesus has done. Jesus must be the center of our marriages, the foundation of our marriages. Otherwise, what the scriptures tell us to do will be uh, near impossible for us. Verse 23, for the husband is head of the wife. It doesn't mean that he is the single ruler of her. It doesn't say that. In fact, it doesn't even give prescription. It gives more description. It doesn't say he shall become head of the wife. It is stating a fact, that the husband is head. It's the way that God had started things after the fall. Please note that. That the husband is put over the wife after sin entered the world. As we look at Scripture and understand Scripture, God's design was for unity in person. Unity with him. We were to walk together as both being husband and wife, both being image bearers of God. But the scripture set down that the wife is, excuse me, that the husband, that might have been a good Freudian slip there. For the husband is head of the wife as stating a fact. But the guideline for that headship is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Verse 24, Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Again, our guideline here is as the church submits to Christ... And we submit to Christ because of the love of Christ for what He has done for us. Husbands, listen. Love your wives. But notice next the parameters of that love. Husband, Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. How did Christ give Himself up for us? It's seen in the in his death upon the cross. We husbands are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up sacrificially, totally, completely. That is our guideline as husbands. Now, I've sat in uh, scores of premarital counseling sessions, and part of those sessions over the week is we look at Ephesians chapter 5, and when I read it, you can um, see the wife uh, tense up, look into my eyes and say, there is no way on God's green earth that I'm going to submit whether to my husband or anybody, I just don't do it. That sounds like the husband is to lord it over, to control, and that is not what the scripture says. But when I go on and read the passage to them, and I look at the, the uh, bride-to-be, and I say... If your husband loved you completely, sacrificially, like Jesus loved the church and gave himself completely for for her, would you have a problem putting yourself under his care? And almost every one of those ladies said, No, I would not have problems. If I was loved the way that Jesus loves me, as I submit to Christ because of his great love, I would willingly submit to my husband. So, husbands. The weight of importance here is not upon the wife, but upon you, upon me. We are to be uh, the personification. That may not be the right word, but I think you'll get it. The personification of Jesus in our marital relationship. Jesus died for the church in in all ways. Let me talk a little bit about dying. Most of us as husbands, if someone came into our home with a pistol drawn and pointed it at our wives, we would without thought, place ourselves between that pistol and our wives. We would take the bullet without thought because we love our wives and we would give our lives for them. But how about watching the kids so our wives can go out and enjoy evening with the girlfriends? What about taking the garbage out? What about making sure that your clothes get from you to the clothes basket? Am I starting to meddle? Those are little dyings that we do every day. Putting the other up higher. Saying, what is it that I can do in this moment that will encourage and support and help my wife? As little as it may seem, you go to work, and to provide for your families, and that is a good thing, and we should do that. But we also have to give ourselves in all things. Let's look and see what it says about Jesus. as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, that's what Jesus does, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. It's through uh, the cleansing of the Holy Spirit and through the uh, intaking of God's word that sanctification takes place. So that Jesus might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. This is what Jesus does for us. He works in our lives to present the church, the bride of Christ, In fact, the Old Testament in places like Isaiah and in the New New Testament in places like Revelation, the church, the followers of God, in the Old Testament, the Jews, in the New Testament, the church, is called the Bride of Christ. That God is our husband. And we need to... Be holy before him. Jesus says, I wash you, I cleanse you, I present you in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that we might be holy as the church and without blemish. This is what Jesus does for us. He desires to make us holy and without blemish. Verse 28. In the same way, looking back, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. I've often read this passage and uh, understood it to say, I'm to love Linda as I love myself. There is an inherent problem there, right gentlemen? How often do you really love yourself? I mean completely, self-giving. I don't know about you, but I look in the mirror and I see myself not quite measuring up to the things that God has for me. I really don't love myself. I come short of really loving myself. And does that mean I come short in loving my wife? I think there's another picture here, and it takes us back to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. That the two, the husband and wife, become one flesh. They become in reality, one body. And I would just suggest that when Paul talks about husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, it's also found in the fact that our wives are part of our body. We love them because we are part of them. He who loves his wife loves himself. Why? Because they are in union together. Union of body, and I would say union of spirit, union of heart, The marriage relationship is to operate side by side in unity. We are called to love our wives, gentlemen. No one has hated his own flesh. We can't hate our wives because they are our own flesh. But nourish and cherish it just as Christ does the church. We are members. We are part of his body. And then he quotes Genesis 2.24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. I have found in my own relationship with Linda that I am so much more what I should be because I am married to her. As it's been said in other places, she completes me. And I think that to be true. Verse 32. What... Paul has been saying, he sums up. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Here is the mystery. A mystery in the New Testament is that which is revealed. It's not that which is hidden, but that which is revealed. And what is revealed here? is this profound idea that our marriages represent the marriage of Christ to his church. Let me put it this way. When people look at your relationship as husband and wife... They should better understand the love that Jesus has for his church and the love that the church has for its Savior. We have just raised the bar of the sanctity, of the sacredness of marriage. As we've said before, it's not about you. It's about God. Your relationship, your marriage to each other is not about you. It is about God. I am to love my wife so that the world better understands God's love. My wife is to love me so the world better understands God's love. We are a living object lesson to the world about what the relationship between God and His children are, between what Christ and His church is. Brothers and sisters, those of you who are married and wish to get married someday. The call of marriage is incredibly, incredibly high. How you respond to one another shows the world how God responds to us and how we should respond to God. And then he sums it up, however, let each one of you That is the men here, love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Not just so we can have a happy marriage, but so that God is glorified. We can be a witness by our marriages are called to We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is bethesda That's bethesda m as in mary, b as in boy.org or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.